0: To each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know
1: what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, we return to downtown Passeroles for an interview with Caitlin Pianetta of Pianetta Winery. The winery itself is located in San Miguel, just a short 20-minute drive outside of Paso, but the tasting room is located in downtown on 13th Street. Pianetta Winery focuses on vineyard-specific red wines, emphasizing specific varietal characteristics. During the conversation, we discussed the two wines that they started with, Cabernet and Syrah, and what it is like taking over the winemaking job from her father. Caitlin shares some light on the illusions and reality of the wine industry. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, you know that many ask for Patreon. We do not plan on doing this, but we do ask you to support the podcast by leaving a review. It takes only a few seconds of your time, but means so much to the show. Next best way to support exploring the wine glass is to tell your friends. If you enjoy the podcast, your wine loving friends will too. Finally, don't forget to head to the website exploringthewineglass.com to read the blog, sign up for the newsletter, so you can keep up on all things happening. Slánche. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, Spanish wine scholar, Day service, champagne and Côte on specialist, and a WSET Level 2 graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. Stay in the know about all things wine by visiting my website, exploringthewineglass.com. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor. We are so excited to continue with our downtown Paso Robles exploration and today we have Caitlin Pianetta from Pianetta Wineries who I believe might be one of the first wineries that was in downtown. So hi Caitlin.
0: We we were and uh, we were not the first um, that we've been here now the longest because some of the other wineries that had been here prior they're about when we first came down there were four tasting rooms and um some of them have moved to different locations some of them retired and and so we're the the last the last of the original group so
1: that is awesome so whenever i do these things i have to do a little go into a little stalk mode so you know i've got to find things out and things like that and i saw on a on a site that uh when you moved in, there were only, the, or you. when you moved in, there was something like six, like you said. And then yeah. I saw something else that said, we are one of 10 tasting rooms in downtown. I'm like, oh my gosh, because now there's 27, right?
0: It's, yeah, you know, and and um, from what I understand, the number is just growing. And it's funny because um, I know that the association, we just created a new map post-COVID, and I was cleaning my office out and it, it would embarrass you to show you what the original map was, <laughs> which I think we, we created in Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's been really neat to see how, how much it's grown. And um, it also really encompasses so many different wineries um, and styles uh, and one of the things that someone brought up, which I thought was super unique, was the fact that we are several wineries. Obviously, we have chosen Paso Robles, and most of us did that because this is where we source most of our fruit. But but we have a lot of, of other California based avas out here um that are all represented downtown as well so it's just, you know napa all the way down to i, I don't know if anyone has anything temecula wise but um i think there's some fruit down there and then i i know a couple people even do some imports um on the bubbles and whatnot so right it's, it's exciting it's a different different paso centric but paso is obviously the root of why everyone's here Right. You know, what would be kind of cool is if
1: you took that old map and like you made like a time warp thing, you know, so like here's the first map, here's another map. And here we are today and just keep like putting that in like a photo album or something to show how Paso and especially downtown has Evolved I'll over to, the years. I
0: have to see if I have all the originals, and um, that would be that be. I mean, I'd find it hilarious because it just shows you how much we've improved or, or technology or all the change, especially the technology and and graphic designers. But um, I'll work on that.
1: Yeah, but our first map is like here's a square. dot dot dot.
0: <laughs> learned the format a lot in uh, Microsoft Word, but um, I was kind of, yeah, I mean, we opened in 2006 here downtown, and I just graduated uh, pol- Cal Poly two years prior to that. And I really, really hate to say this, but I learned a lot um, of the skills in Microsoft Word and Microsoft Paint by, I hope Cal Poly is not listening, by um, uh, forging <laughs> my parking parking um, entry to Cal Poly. So I didn't have to buy, cause I was, you know, my senior year was only going to school three days a week. Cause I didn't have, I was just finishing up those classes. And so that I didn't way. want to buy a whole parking class, so. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that, but uh, out of necessity, um, sometimes you're the most genius and I got pretty good. I got pretty Here good. You go. They there have you a completely different system now, which now. I, could, I But yeah, <laughs> so thanks to that, uh, we were able to do so.
1: Maybe they found out about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I wasn't the only one. I had another friend who was doing this stuff too, but this was Book. a little better than mine. But he also had, I think, when he graduated, 30 outstanding parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that that could be a nice little way to make some extra beer money or wine money or whatever.
0: If, if I had been smarter then, I probably could have.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So so let's talk about that origin story. Other than than uh you know illegal parking. <laughs> what's the, what's
0: the... Know. Illegal parking might not be the best way. Um, yeah, to to start that, but um. But oh, it is so the be-
1: It is a hysterical way to start. Well, it. it's, it's,
0: awesome. it's one of those. Uh, I think um, you know my, my whole family and this family wide. My whole family's all in the na- in the, the Navy or started in the Navy, so we're very much rule followers. Um, but I'm the only one who didn't go that route, so I kind of have uh, some certain ways to to not not do anything illegal or get around things. But you know, always carry a cone in your car, an orange cone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're you're delivering wine. I mean we're small, you know, you're delivering wine in cities, you're doing all kinds of stuff. Like you gotta you gotta get done what you gotta get done. <laughs> yeah, people obey the orange cone.
1: They do. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get one <laughs> keep
0: it in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me, but <laughs>
1: all right, so how do we go from a naval family to a farm really first a farming family and then a winery
0: yeah um you know it's it's really been uh i mean it goes way back um my dad's family farmed uh in california since the 20s part of that they were in italy <laughs> actually i think it's my my great great grandfather actually was the first one to come to italy and he actually went back he was <laughs> like yeah nope <laughs> and then <laughs> Um, his son came over um, and and started farming in the Bay Area, and they did uh, row crops, produce, all that stuff. Um, and then we also had a vineyard over in Lodi. Okay. For, okay. I, I can't remember when they bought that. They sold it in the seventies. But um, so my my dad grew up in this farming family, and uh, it, it it it's interesting because I like once you said I I am the only one he that is still doing the farming um, in my direct family. We have some cousins in the Valley that that do some stuff, but um, it's kind of gets in your blood. Um, But uh, the other thing that got into my dad's blood was flying. And, um, you know, he graduated college. He had already gotten his pilot's license, uh, but he then was drafted in the Navy um did a few tours um in Vietnam and then you know got into the reserves and whatnot um, and then flew corporate um charter and, and then airlines he was in the airlines well halfway through that career he decided to get back into farming and it's so funny because uh, our our family started California in the in the 20s with the farming and then um when my dad was in college or i think it was actually probably during the war at the time in vietnam um, my grandpa told him he goes you know um he goes the city's moving and it's hard we can't we can't keep farming like this so uh my my grandfather was in in business with his brother for you know 67 years and um he said we have to make the decision um either to move or to shut it down. And um, at that time, I think he was really just, you know, asking my dad, are, do you, are you interested in taking this farming over or not? And and my dad at that time is flying jets off carriers, which um, I think probably sounds a little more enticing than sitting on a tractor and working 12 hours a day. So um, the family shut the farming operation down. I think um, the end of it was kind of like the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and then, of course, fifteen years later, my dad's like, "I want to get back into farming." <laughs> you know, so he uh, he was, I I was trying to do the math because, um, you know, you when you're farming, you go through all these ups and downs, and and, or when you're um, getting older, I just kind of celebrated. You know, turning forty was really hard on me, and and then I sat there and I thought about it, and it's like, you know, my dad started the vineyard here when he was fifty. 55, 50, something like that. And you're just wow. like, you know, it's, it's, it's any, any, anything goes. And, and, and age is never really, I think, as critical as the drive is. And um, so halfway through my dad's uh, aviation career, he, he got back into farming. Um, he knew he didn't want to do road crops uh, because he still had, I think, another 10 years, 12 years to go. Uh, before he could retire from farming or from flying, and so he and his cousins farmed. So we were looking at uh, permanent crops, or you know, like something. So he was he was looking at grapes um, and and uh, almonds, and obviously we decided grapes. I think he he fell in love with this area. Um, my mom's side of the family actually had a walnut orchard out there off of Adelaide um, in the seven in the sixties and seventies, and. I just got to say, it's like I come from um, some families that farmed here and there, but like would never have survived had it not been for child labor. (laughs) So
1: my mom said, I think that's the kind of the rule with with most of it across Mm -hmm. the board. I don't think your family's the only one with that.
0: You know, when you even talk, I went to school with a lot of the guys who um, are the big farmers up there in the Salinas area, and they all have the same story, too. I mean, some of them, they've grown to be international, you know, they're huge brands. They're, they're all over the world, but, you know, they have the same roots. Like everyone has started um, with this family farm. It all starts with the, you know, Hey, what do you get to do this weekend? Oh, I get to go mow, mow the orchard. (laughs) or But, um, but it's just, I think by uh, coming out here with my mom's family is what brought my dad to this area. And, um, All he wanted to do was farm. So we started the vineyard and we bought the property in 95 and started from scratch because we like to do things the hard way. And, and so uh, we were just going to grow and sell to other, uh, other, other wineries. And at that time, I mean, you know how much the wine industry has changed in the last 20 years. It's, it's a lot fewer small brands um, up in Napa that's kind of where the big buyers were. Um, and a lot of consolidation of brands happened in that 90s to early 2000s. And so all the individual brands that we were selling to kind of all got, went through all these different buyouts. I don't even know, you know, like Mandavi. like every year they would invite us up for barrel tasting. I wasn't even 21 at the time, but um, I can tag along and they could tell us your, your grape is in this bottle on, you know, and you, let's taste your, let's talk about how your grape is doing. And I think towards the end of the contracts that we had, it would be like, well, where's, where did our, grape Cause you know, you you have all this pride when you're farming and yeah. um, cause that my family's always kind of been more quality, you know, as far uh, as opposed to quantity. Um, so we always remained real small. And when it got, it got to this point where they're like, Like, you you just get this, like, blanket. I don't know. I know where it got delivered. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Um, So we kind of just saw that, like, the hard work and everything we were putting in was kind of going not where we wanted it to go. And so uh, we decided um, probably, I mean, I think it's like you get some encouragement from the people you work with. Like, so there were some winemakers that we worked with that encouraged us to start making wine. Um, and so we started out small and we just did a state, but because we planted our vineyard for production, we only were two varieties at that time. And so it was Cabernet and Syrah. And, um, so our vineyard is just north of Paso Robles in in San Miguel. And so we had just those two things. So my dad started out making Cabin Syrah and, um, and that was it, and but we didn't. They didn't tell us about how to market or sell. They just said, "Oh yeah, this is how you make the wine. Make the wine is easy, okay." So, um, but then when it comes to, you know. So we started our first vintage in two thousand and two, and we made three hundred and seventy cases of Cabernet. Um, then the next year we we did um, some Syrah and the blend, and so that it was all a state fruit, and so um, that's what I have here. This is our Valencio blend. Um, and Blancio is just meaning balance in Italian uh, because in two, the 2004, one of the only other places that was doing a Cabernet Sauvignon blend was um, Australia, I believe. They really kind of put on the mark. And it was unknown here because here, everything, you know, Paso still was the Wild West. You know, some of the other places weren't. I mean, it was, you know, Temecula was all Zinfandel. So Napa was really replicating France. I mean, they had their Bordeaux. Some people were starting to get into the Burgundy and the um, and the uh, the Rome varieties and things like that. But um, I mean, you you cross connect those two things, and you're just like, you did what? Oh my god! <laughs> like, wow! Oh, shame on you. You know So that's why the reason we call it balance is they're two completely opposite flavors, and it's you know. Um, the Cabernet from this area is very different than, um, I always use Napa as a benchmark because they have always been known for their Cabernet. Um, And Paso at that time was still, you know, it was Zinfandel based. They've been growing Zin here um, and a little bit of that Pinot up there on the hills. But, you know, since, you know, the 1800s, and so Zinfandel was king here. Um, So Cabernet in this area was kind of, I mean, it was coming along, most of it was going out to bulk um, bulk production facilities, but um, it is a very different flavor profile, I think, than, than what you're gonna get from Napa. Um, and then I think the treatment was a little different too, because Pasa was still, I mean, we're still, I think, personally in our adolescence and pastorables but every single year we are becoming that beautiful butterfly. Um, so the Cabernet that we grow on our property is a very fruit-forward style. Um, every year is very different, uh, but the quality, we really just try to maintain quality on that. Uh, Syrah just grows. I mean, it grows like it grows everywhere that I've ever seen. Uh, but I love the flavor of Syrah. And so you have these two completely different, you know, this really earthy character coming with the Cabernet with this real fruit for it. And so, um, that's why we call it balance because it's balanced to two opposites. That's probably better. And Valencià is just Italian, you know, cause we're Italian and we're not creative, but we are we were Italian. And we were like, Oh, it's pretty. Okay. Cool. That's why we put Pianetta. You know, shoot. We, we cut Pianetta vineyards was easy because that's the last name. You're telling a trucker how to get to your vineyard. Just look Pianetta. That's it. Pianetta. <laughs> when it came to like naming the winery, I'm like, I don't know. You know, like my dad and I are very opposite, obviously. Um, you know, he's very numbers driven and very, um, Straight line, and and I'm kind of outside. He's in the box. I am. I'm out of the, we're, you're way outside the box. <laughs> so we didn't think of anything at the time. I was still in college, and uh, pianeta. Okay, well that sounds. At least for Italian, it sounds pretty. Okay, so then um we start. We were doing that. I graduated college, and and there was all this wine, and that was 2004, and we bottled the first vintage in 04 And he's like, okay, well, hey, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. Um, I had, I've, I've always been in agriculture, uh, horses, obviously farming and things like that. But then I said, okay, I'm going to take a year off. Cause I thought it'd come to me. Oh, okay. You know, you're, you want to go be a lawyer. You're going to go be a vet. You're going to, you know, doctors and lawyers. And, you know, both of my brothers from the time they were six knew that they wanted to be in the Navy. They knew they wanted to do what they're doing. Um, and I just, it never came to me and I thought, oh, it will, it'll come, it'll come. So it was like, I'll take a year off, help dad out. Sell some wine, make some wine, whatever. So um, took a year, started selling wine, and it's uh, the problem was um, I didn't know how to. So I didn't know anything. They know what? Well, they filled us in on how to make the wine, what barrels to buy, um, you know, fermentation tricks and all this stuff. Uh, because prior to that, the only you know dad made wine in in grandpa's basement when he was, you know, a kid. But but you um, know, in, in a production facility, it was a little different. So. We got the production facility figured out. We got all the tanks. We got the fermented. We got the barrels. We have all the wine. We bottled it. And then it's in my dad just, you know, because he was still flying. He's like, okay, I'm I'm out. (laughs) Tag, you're it. (laughs) And as you know, with alcohol laws being as they are, I can't just, you know, sit on a street corner and throw it in my trunk and be like, you want some wine? Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like the the people at the you know well you're 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 originally from fresno right so the oh, yes. i'm sure they were still there the honey people that are like on every other
0: corner <laughs> honey and um we grew up so my, my parents got divorced but so my dad was way out on the east side on kings river area and then we were way out west um kind of between fresno and herman and it's like you know how many strawberry stands to be packed between the two but man they were good you're like you know and, and so my dad always had it in his oh well if you have this good product the people will come you know people will come and they're like mm, I don't think so <laughs> so um but drove around quite a bit I mean we didn't have obviously it was 2004 we didn't have a tasting room but um So I was all over California just trying to sell grapes or trying to sell wine. And, and I don't know, I'm sure you've done some wholesale stuff yourself and it's, it's, um, it's demoralizing. It's, it's uh, for every one, like account that you love, you have to go through about 20 (laughs) weird personalities. And um, my heart goes out to every salesperson out there because I would I just I distinctly remember coming home from Los Angeles once and I think my final appointment was in Orange County and I'm driving at four or five and I just like I was crying I was getting a migraine and I was like I just gotta I I can't drive I'm not gonna make it home so I just pull over and find the first hotel that I could and I it's 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 hard you know is hard and um we did have and and you think about it you're like this is only 300 cases 370 cases and um i will say i will thank every one of my dad's pilot friends who you know because he would drive he was based out of la so he would drive down and oh well you know jim wants a case and so and so wants a case, you know and all you have is cabernet that's it it's all we have and you know, thank God for them because I think they got us through those first couple of years. Um, because we we ended up with a few wholesale accounts and some of which I still have today because I think they appreciated what we were doing. And um, but otherwise, we realized that that um, me okay. being on the road trying to sell wine was not going to work. <clears throat> so so then we dabbled in the distribution market, which obviously is you know, and, and you're one, you're one person. So at the same time, you're like you're still making the wine, driving the tractors, doing all this stuff on my finding myself here, (laughs) which then turned into two and three. And, um, but then I started really getting involved in the winemaking part of it. So I said, dad, I go, you know, we gotta make more than just two varieties, you know, like this. And so then the the next two that we brought in, um, our vineyard manager at the time had this beautiful ranch out in um, Ranchita Canyon which is over there on the east side of Paso. And we brought in Sangiovese and Zinfandel. No, Sangiovese and Petit Saraw is what we brought in. And um, that was the next blend we did, which was called Tuscan Nights. And it was a Cab, uh, Sangiovese and Petit Sera blend. And we oh, saw- okay. Yeah, so it's like a super Tuscan. T- t- sort, that-
1: like- sort of super Tuscan
0: with... Yeah, yeah. super Tuscan-esque. Because is- we-, we originally thought it was going to be a dominant Sangiovese with a little cab. And we kept doing blending, and we're like, no, 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 something's missing. And what we found was the flavor that we liked, the flavor we wanted to present was dominant cab, but that Sangiovese brightens it, gives it, I mean, you, you don't taste that. I mean, you get hints, a little strawberry, but it's the acidity that carries it through. And we still were missing something, and it, you know, it's literally but anywhere between three to five percent petites are on any given year people think it's all pardon me like bs they're yeah. like no, no no i'm not kidding like if the petite wasn't in there you would never even know like or, i'm sorry you would never it would not finish it's a whole different wine completely yeah. so so then there we are we got like five or six varieties i'm still trying to you know I always called it slinging wine. My friends would, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm somewhere in LA, slinging wine. And um, so then we, when Paso Robles downtown was just starting to kind of develop, and like I said, there were a couple other tasting rooms down. Anglem was one of the first ones. Um, Wow. Okay. uh, There was another another one, which it was just really before its time because I thought it was such a good idea. It was a cooperative tasting room. And I think that one was um, the winery behind it. I believe was Midlife Crisis. Um, oh, oh yeah. I don't okay. Know if you remember them, but then it became um, where they have six or seven different tasting rooms in there. Uh, but alcohol be- laws being what they are, they had to have separate registers and separate counters. So the tasting experience was very strange. Yeah, I mean, this is like all in the those beginning stages. So you're in this huge building and there's one other person there, but you're like, oh, you want to go taste this winery? Okay, we're going to go three tables down yeah. and you're going to, you know, so it was it was rough. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Yeah, Vino uh, was one of the first ones that came in. Um, I know I'm probably going to forget some of the names. Um, Roy, Roy Robles was here and and, and it was just, I saw yeah those guys were here and I was walking by the building we're in and I saw all these for rent signs and I was like you know what let me let me inquire and I love history so it's a historic building and um I want you know I walked in and I saw this big beautiful place and it's like yeah this I think this is where we want to be We can't, you know, our vineyard is 25 minutes, takes me, which is easy when you think, oh, Justin it's 40 minutes down (laughs) here and our vineyard, except the town of San Miguel, which you can definitely stop and get a great pizza or a good burrito, but that's about it. You know, (laughs) we came downtown and, um, and, and here we are. So that's, that was a journey all in itself, uh, building out a tasting room right after an earthquake where every single building had to be retrofitted. So we, like I said, um, if there's a hard way to learn lessons, um, we will find it.
1: And now, a word from our sponsor. Looking to be in the know about Dracina Wines? Want to be the first to know about our new releases and special offers? All you need to do is sign up for our newsletter, There is no commitment necessary, and I promise you we won't spam your mailbox with loads of messages. Need another reason to sign up? Quite possibly the best reason? You'll immediately get a discount code for 10% off your first purchase and be privy to newsletter-only discounts. Let Dracaena Wines turn your moments into great memories. Visit our website, www.dracenawines.com, or use the link in show notes to sign up. It will take you less than a minute, but the rewards will last a lifetime.
0: We found out that hard. We were like, oh, well, it's going to be way better than having a tasting room at our place. It's going to cost less than having to build a building and all that. No, no, actually it didn't. I probably, <laughs> probably comparable. I probably could have bought at that time a very nice house in Fresno for what I paid. Right, <laughs> but, right. <laughs> um, but here we are. It's a... It was money well spent because, I mean, it's it's 2023. So, yeah, so we've been down here for 17 years now. Wow.
1: That is that is fantastic. And now, yeah. P- Pianetta focuses on reds. You make no white, correct?
0: We make no whites yeah. at all. Um, the closest thing is probably the, the rosé. We, and the rosé, we just kind of started for fun. I mean, we only make a couple hundred cases. Uh, actually, no, not we have a pink jug and then a regular i mean we make less than 100 cases of each program so
1: and what are they made out of huh? what is the rosé made out of
0: um well it started off once again as a cab yeah. rosé <laughs> um then we started doing a sangiovese rosé um and then in the la- like as you can see uh, i like to make things more complicated my dad is a cab guy, and so everything is cab for him but I kept pushing them to do different varieties. So uh 2021 is the first year that we did a peanut rose. So oh,
1: okay.
0: I'm real happy with that one. So
1: okay. Um, and then your your vineyard itself, you have an estate vineyard and but you do also source. So, so what, is, what yeah, is like so that percentage? <laughs>
0: Uh, it used to be one way, and now it's very much the other. So it used to be, I would say, we were doing about eighty percent from our estate and twenty percent offsite. Um, I would say it's we do about. we did actually. We had to replant part of our vineyard just from changing, you know, soils and um and water. Uh, but so now we grow Cabernet and Petite Sirah and so we bring in and i also bring in petite Syrah from another vineyard but i i think i brought in nine different varieties last year two two vineyards of petite Syrah, actually so one from ours one from another one so we 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 probably do about 30% estate fruit okay. and um 70% we source from other places so that's kind of been when i started getting into the winemaking you know by the way, just so you know, no, I have not gotten back to school. I have not figured out, I'm going to go get my, mat. no. So, because every single time I get more involved with something, it really, it, it's, I I learn to love it. And and when I started getting more involved in the winemaking um, and, and starting to find some of these other varieties to work with, um, vineyards to work with, a lot of it has just, it's been amazing. Some of the people you work with, um finding these little hidden gems, finding the little areas and, and then techniques. And, and like I said, my dad's very straight arrow. Oh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I've, you know, I've had to push every single, you know, the Zinfandel that you see at Pianetta, that was not a fun conversation. Um, <laughs> Pinot was obviously another um, battle, um, but it's, um, but it's been a lot of fun and, and, I would not have had this opportunity and I really enjoy it. Uh, the My dad was making the wine. He retired from the airlines, like I think it was, it was six it was seven, right after he opened the tasting room. And then um, in 2016, I, well, I was getting involved, more involved every year. I, I started making the Jed wine in 2009, which is a fun pet project of mine. And then in 2016, he got sick uh, with valley fever and was like literally oh. um, nine months. It was, he didn't leave the house. That back. is a bad, bad. Well, and it's funny because people are like, he's uh, like, because I think everyone thinks when you say, oh, well, he got sick. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a cancer. And I'm like, no, it's valley fever. I go, it was just horrible. Like it was, and he, you know, canceled harvest, canceled this. and And I was like, no, I can do this. I can do this. And so it was one of the biggest compliments that I ever had was, it was the 16 reserve cabernet that I made, and he t- he could because he couldn't taste. Like so, so with the valley fever, it's a it's um it's a fungus that lives in your lungs, and so um it is it is a very slow to get over. Your initial you always have this this scarring in your lungs, but the initial onbre- outbreak is the worst. And then um, it took him about nine months to a year to be able to taste again. And we were getting ready to bottle um, That would have been 18, 2018. And we were bottling this reserve cab. And I just remember him tasting all the, these blends I put together uh, because we mostly do 100% varieties. And so whenever we do blends, we have a few people come up, but it's mostly at the end of the day, my dad and I who kind of make the final call on them. And so I was having to do that myself, which was really, I didn't realize at the time, I think, how. Like I was like, Oh, it'll be easy. I'll, I'll be able to do it. And all the self doubt you have because you don't have that person next to you. Like, yeah, no, this is, this is the one. And so 2018 we're bottling and he tastes this reserve cab and he's like, damn, that's good. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so this. Cause he, he really, really, I know. I know. It's like in my head. I'm like, <laughs> And I can do that because I'm his daughter, but, but you're just like, wow, this is really cool. So then, I mean, it was no holds barred. It was like, dad, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. and I mean, it was a a battle, but it's become a smaller and smaller battle every year because (laughs) he's kind of seen, kind of, I don't have a plan per se, but I have a vision. And so when he's able to taste what these, like, and I'm not changing Uh, things. I just, these little tiny bits and pieces along the way, you know, whether it's um, a, a different wood, a different, a different barrel manufacturer and um, changing. I don't change vineyards often um, unless I have to, because I I've walked away from a couple. And um, but you know that's 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 the name of the game. But um, he is he has gotten a lot more or a lot less judgmental, I should say. And um, I mean, because because sometimes things get expensive or he. Freaks out because oh my god! But I'm like no no no, it's gonna work. It's gonna, it's work. gonna work
1: out. It's gonna work out. Trust me. Trust yeah, me. well, it's like you know, like Pinot. You know, you
0: you you find Pinot. It's like I don't know how much more exponentially than you know, a ton of Cabernet from Paso Robles, the ton of Pinot from Monterey County, and so right. You look at that and you're like, what in the hell are you doing? And yeah.
1: Why? Why is that? Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And.
0: Um, we, we don't really follow trends per se. It's just, you know, I found a grower. I, this guy probably could tell me every single thing, every, every vine. He has 10 acres of Pinot. I don't even remember how we got connected. And it was, I just, the passion that he had put into it, um, as a farmer, he doesn't even drink wine. It was just, his, he and his cousin decided to put in a Pinot vineyard and it was like, oh, but, um, just, just phenomenal quality grower and, and. You know, it, it worked out. So. so,
1: how are you finding these ex- these outside vineyards? Are you are you on a hunt for? It, it doesn't sound like you're actually on a hunt for a specific varietal. It sounds like you're like,
0: oh, yeah, this is a good vineyard. Me, like, so um, the ones that I like, I pushed the San Giovese wasn't too hard of a push because it was our vineyard manager at the time's vineyard. Uh, a lot of times, I'm able to talk uh, him into things because so uh, there's a. a Zinfandel vineyard that we pull from over here on the east side, and there was one vintage, and I want to say it was 17 or 18, where we brought our Syrah in and we had just six weeks of nothing. I mean, it was just the harvest was such a long season. But I'm still out there every week checking on these because you never know when things are going to start moving, and so you're 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 sampling, you're checking and you know, you run into the farmers, you growers or whatever, and, you know, you kick the dirt around, you talk and, and, um, oh, you know, so they always ask me, cause a lot of them, you know, they're just selling grapes. They don't know who I am. And, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I've always wanted to play with this or I've always wanted to, play. oh, well, Hey, by the way, we have that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go take a look. And so I always start with just, you know, a ton or two, because I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, worthwhile um, so yeah we did a Merlot briefly um, we've done I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that we don't do cons- like consistently so sometimes um we bring something in and and if if it's something we don't think that we're going to do again we won't make it 100% bridal. we'll maybe okay. do a blend. Um, that's our jug wine is actually a great way to experiment with new wines because the blend on that one changes every year um, like the the Belanchio I was talking about earlier and the Tuscanites they're always the same grapes just in varying percentages where the Jeb wine is never consistent so you know we tried Grenache one year um, I'm not going to say I won't try it again I just uh, it 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 we needed it wasn't uh, big enough for the style of wines that we wanted to make so we ended up blending it with some other stuff and putting it in the jug. Um, Zinfandel started out in the jug because um, my dad didn't like making it. And it's not that it's, a, it's, it just likes to hold on to sugar. And, and it's just a, a little harder. Um, so
1: but it's a difficult grape to, to get to bottle. I,
0: can't, I don't even understand why, because it's just like, it, it's some of the most beautiful grapes you bring in. It, 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 tastes great you're like why are you so difficult and everyone okay. you know cab is like maybe it's because we've been making it for so long sometimes that's the easiest one i mean fermentation no problem you know it's the it's a very clean crushing process very clean pressing process like you know and it's like one of these high elegant wines I'm like yeah it's, cab is easy you know zin's hard and um so that zinfandel started out in the jug program as well but now it's something we do every year yeah as well so it's it, it, a lot of it is just I would say I never go hunting for new varieties and um, I taste different things and and think about mm, you know like that might be fun but then on the other side of that point is I made this mistake a few times which is trying to replicate something you're uh-huh. like god if I could only make um I think it was might have been a rosé actually I was like god if I it was probably the first time I ever tasted like a a, a rosé from um, from Bandol or you know, oh. you know French style, and I was like, oh, I can do this, and I'm like, no, no. don't ever try to replicate something. Um, like uh, I'm trying to think of one of the other varieties that we have. Cab Franc is another one. Um, I tasted a local Cab Franc and oh, fell in love. I didn't know much about the the, the variety. Um. But but once again, there I was out with the guy who grows the Sangiovese we picked now. And I have all this time on my hands because nothing's coming in. So I'm talking <laughs> today and, oh, well, we have some, we have like three bros of Cab Franc over here. If you want to try it, let me like, try, try a couple tons. And, um, that going into that one, I knew I didn't want to replicate. So I knew it, I was open to see how it turned out. Um, it Turned out a lot different than I thought it would, but it is also something that we've been doing again. Um, it's not something that we distribute a lot of; like it, it doesn't go into any of our wholesale. We have a few wholesale accounts. We're we're probably eighty percent direct to consumer, but there's a few wholesale accounts. But we don't really sell the cab front to them unless it's like a special, you know, feature or something. So we only make you know a hundred cases or less of the cab front. Okay, awesome. So, yeah you just kind of stumble, Mal back same thing, you know, oh, let me try this out, okay, Um, you know, but they're, just for, for some that have worked, some haven't, you know, Merlot, once again, I'm not going to say I'll never do it again, because I, Merlot, like a good Merlot to me was, is so hard to beat, Um, but finding Merlot was another big challenge after. Yeah, uh, yeah. after that,
1: after that movie, that, right that everybody misunderstands the statement sure oh
0: my god yeah so it's like trying to find merlot trying to find a good merlot um so it's just and, and you know how much time do you want to focus on something that you're not going to continue that you so, know is going to be a difficult exactly himself yeah and so um like i said it's, it's not that i'll never do it again we still have people compliment um you know they say i don't i don't hold on to wines myself personally but um Luckily, our accountant does, and so every once in a while at Christmas, he'll give me one of my own my own bottles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so those are. Does that out. count as a regift? Huh?
1: Does that count know, as a
0: regift? I just was. I'm like, I'm gonna tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> re-gifted every Christmas. <laughs> no, but it's it's actually a really nice one because. We, we hold on to library wines, um, but when we, you know, for me, I'm like, I'll sell out. I I like younger wines. I like tasting younger wines. I like discovering new wines. So I, you know, I don't have a wine cellar at my house. I don't, and I'm not a collector. Um, but I also, you know, I, I luckily have a little bit of a library here, but it's not, you know, I don't go, it's not the first thing that I reach for. So it is kind of neat to taste where you came from, uh, when it's not at your fingertips, so I will take that regift every year. No problem. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I didn't realize that it was a regift. I was like, <laughs> so, what
1: is your favorite thing about the wine industry?
0: Hmm. Um. As far as a job, my favorite thing is the. It's. It's going to be a little more specific to us because we are very small. So I love the fact that I am not doing the same thing every day and I'm not doing I mean, it can get a little crazy because you don't know I always tell people I said you know I always have my my list for the day or for the week and it'll be about two or three o'clock and you're like where did you- what did I get done today yeah nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing I got nothing done but um so you're doing I mean you're inside you're outside you're um you dabble in a lot of uh different things you're you're dabbling with your customers you're dabbling with your growers you're gra- dabbling with them um, obviously budgets and this and that and, and then problems I mean so it's it's a little bit because uh, I have I I have an interest in so many different things so that's a lot of fun I really enjoy that um, and I think the customer base we have really enjoys to hear those stories because it's you know you, you come in here 90% of the time my office is our tasting room and so you're like oh well, Caitlin will be there probably. Well, maybe you know, come up all the time. Like, I don't know. I think I had to leave something because someone got a tractor stuck on the vineyard. got to go. Right. <laughs> so you just, you really never know what, what your next shape. Ch- it's really just dealing with the challenges, but I think it just makes you such a more dynamic person. Cause you're like, I, I don't panic as much anymore because you're just waiting for the next ball to drop. Something's going to happen. Yeah. It's, just, it's not a bad thing. You're just like, okay, well now what do I do? You know, like, okay. Because you can't stop. You can't. Okay. Oh, I give up. I got it. Right. Nope. <laughs> I can't do that. But yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I, the other thing that I, um, I think we had talked about um, in passing before is I this industry is it, whether you're big or small when you're talking like even the big wineries when you talk to their tasting room manager or you talk to their winemaker um people are are really supportive uh or and or you know most of the people on the behind the scenes and the winemaking side it's like you're it's like an artist talking to another artist you're like oh my god you know so you're, I'm not ever trying to replicate, like I said, what people are doing. So I think because everyone is doing something different, I really like the collaborative um, idea and attitude of of the winemakers um, in the different wineries. And then um, some of the manufacturers that we were like, the barrel manufacturers and the cork people. Like I, I, I just, am, they're big companies, obviously, but... I love working with these good you you get exposed to phenomenal companies and you're just you're it, it's it's a good experience so i don't know
1: and so now now that you've been in downtown for so long right what i think downtown is a special place so like what what do you think makes downtown like a special place and why it's a great place for visitors to come to.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I, I think there's, there's a place for everything. I think um, living here, I I guess I've been here for almost 25 years now, 20 years, yeah, 20 20 years, let's call it 20 years. And um, up here in the Paso area, when people have this idea of going winemaking, you know, they're driving from vineyard to vineyard to vineyard, but like there's so many and how do you know? And this and that, um, When I go, I I don't go on vacation often, but I will say some of the best experiences I've had is when you go into these cities where you just walk, you don't have to worry about driving to the next spot, making it here. It's, 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 everything is here. You can, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to stop and have lunch. Um, Oh, you know what? I was planning on, I, I going to this tasting room, but you know, I was just at this other one, and they recommended I try this other because most of the ones down here are small, and so you're not you're not going to come to town because you read about them in in Time Magazine or something, so or Forbes or whatever. And uh, well, these days I don't know. There seem to be a lot of people coming downtown. So, <laughs> um, but it's it's you could you could be open. You could just come downtown here. And spend all day walking around and discovering something new everywhere you go. um The food atmosphere uh is amazing. There's just there's something for everybody down here. All the food in Paso has just kind of surpassed what I ever thought it would be. And it's you know it's just a fun area. There's always something to do. So I think that that has it it appeals to me as a, as like when I travel I. I i like to be open i don't like to have specific plans i gotta be i have to be here at noon because i'm gonna have lunch there it's like no it's like oh hey this place looks cool let me stop in and try it out and so it's it's a different experience and i hope i think a lot of people who come for a couple days you know they they normally say oh well we're gonna do the east side one day we're gonna do the west side the other day i think it's like hey you know what let's check out downtown for one day and. And I think that we're getting there. It's obviously been a slow road. I mean, everything is like, I can't predict the future, but I've seen what's happened in the past and I've seen this, uh, the striations of, of Paso and, and when they made the lines on all the new AVA's um, that was in the last five or 10 years. And so now people are saying like Willow Creek district and Adelaide district and Geneseo district and all this stuff. And it's like, not that we're an AVA downtown, but it's like, you know, Hey, let's go discover what's downtown. So I think it, it's, it's time, you know, it's and and I am the least patient person I know. So that's, <laughs> but it's, it's, Based on the historical, what you've seen, I think it's just people discovering, discovering. So hopefully it continues. I mean, I would have thought it would happen by now, but.
1: And now a word from our sponsor. The 27 individual tasting rooms that make up the downtown wine district are situated in the heart of Paso Robles city center, where you are only steps away from all Paso Robles has to offer in the way of dining, shopping and entertainment. Visit downtown Paso Robles to find yourself among the greatest concentration of wineries in the area. In downtown, consumers can experience Paso Robles rich and diverse wine country lifestyle, sample quality wines from each of the region's 11 distinct sub appellations, and have the opportunity to meet vintners that are as passionate about downtown as they are about their wine. Well, you know, I do I do think it's happening. And I think, uh, like, the fact that Tin City is Tin City, I think that, you know, we, we're kind of like the non-industrial Tin City, right, and downtown. And,
0: and we, we have a lot more restaurants. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think that's a, that's a challenge um, that I think Tin City has had. I mean, they, they can get some of the taco trucks and stuff to come in, but... Um, there is no guarantee that you're going to be able to oh, you know I feel like Italian or oh, I feel like this. Right. Um, I think that's been a challenge for them is maintaining that restaurant base. We're here. We have, I mean just so much fit. anything, anything, right?
1: We, we have we have Italian, we have French, we have uh well, I'm assuming that's still considered downtown in Bloom, right?
0: Um, yeah, I, I consider that area downtown like
1: it's like that Market Walk. Um, the Market Walk is right, so you can get anything, right? You, you barbecue, whatever. It, oh my God, my which is which is in a positive way deadly to me because Ziggy's is right across the street.
0: But I was just gonna say. I mean, we have a vegan place. Like, I mean, right. growing <laughs> growing up, um, when I was in in college, we would go to the lake, and it's like we wouldn't. We're like, okay. We stopped the In and Out, you know. We would have never thought actually no. at that time, the 21st Street drive-in. Um, it was, you know, it's you know, one of those old school burger joints where you park and they come out. Oh. And that was the only place that we would really go downtown. Like that's it. Um, but now, like uh, I had some friends visiting uh who actually used to live in Napa. They're they're in the Bay Area now, and they went to that Paso Market Walk and they go, Oh my god this is exactly like the oxbow market. Like yes, this. it is like the oxbow. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's exciting. Cause I, I, every time I talk to someone new or, or another tasting room or, or, you know, you guys inform me about stuff that's coming in. I don't, you know, cause I, the one thing that is difficult is time um, and time management and prioritizing your time. So I, I don't I don't go to a lot of the city council meetings. I don't go to a lot of the planning meetings. And and so I don't know about these things, but it's like passive market Lot comes in. And then I just heard, you know, there's another kind of similar, maybe on a smaller scale coming in um closer to the park downtown. And okay. it, it's yeah, a on
1: a uh, railroad. So we're talking on railroad?
0: Yeah. And you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like it's it's just fun. Or you could spend uh, all day. I mean, and not everything has to be wine centric. It's like there's some great little shops. And between the, uh, I had to laugh. I think one of the first. It was within the first five years that we were down here, and there was this um, group of four. I mean, most when people are on vacation, um, it's not my thing. But I, I know a lot of people who travel in groups. So it's like oh, it's like three couples, or it's you know two couples, or whatever. Whatever it is, um, oh, like group of girlfriends, uh, guy, and all of a sudden these three men walk into the tasting room, and I was like, "Oh, you know, can I?" Help you? Oh, yeah, our wives, because normally it's the opposite. Normally the men are going to get a beer, and the women are the ones coming because they want to taste wine. And they came in, and it was, he was, they were happy for the wine. But he goes, "Yeah, I have a feeling we just bought a couch," and it's like people don't shop lo- like when they're on vacation they're they're a little more relaxed and yeah. they find those magical pieces so you know there's like these these other stores that are intermixed and one of the biggest dangers to um <clears throat> the men who i think would that that type of man who comes in and is like well my wife is shopping <laughs> You know, upset but they they get to discover us and our wine and when the wife is done shopping they come in and join them but now we have these antique shops right that, um i i had a good friend who, who was a picker and they are that he, he goes the quality of the these these antique shops he goes you know 20 years ago i probably would have thought they were just junk shops but he goes you know what you find in them is really really cool and there's there's several different ones and and you wouldn't yeah. think that that could exist in a wine town but it does and it's, yeah. it's awesome. you know it's
1: i think i think the address is above our door like for some whatever reason i think that's the address we get so many people come in and go but isn't this a, cl- a cloth store like do you see any cloth in here? No, 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 no. But that, and I don't know what the name of it is, but the cloth store that's on the corner of 13th and railroad, I mean, you can come drink wine, have beer, have dinner and buy cloth to make whatever it is you want to make. Like you you can do anything and everything in downtown.
0: The organic. Yeah. And, and I think I like to discover things. Um, When I go, uh, if I ever go out of town, I I go with a girlfriend who's the planner because I'm not a good planner. I am the spontaneous, like, like, just like a dog, squirrel, squirrel. squirrel. (laughs) And um, but I think like there's something down here for both types of people, because like, well, one person is like you said that it's like organic. I know exactly what it's um, uh, the organic cotton place has been there for a long time. And I, I actually even had a, an employee at one point, he was a younger guy, um, Sam, he was, he was going to school for acting. And so he'd come back in the summer when he was in high school, he started a company by working at that shop, wow. that, that cotton shop, because I make baby clothes and sell them on Etsy. Wow. And, oh my God. And it's like that, you know, so people are on their, like you said, they're on their way for these very specific things. And then they stop in and they're like, "Yeah, I'll taste." It's like, "I'll taste the wine." Yeah, you're you're inviting and welcome. It's like you know who cares why they came downtown or what brought them in, but but people are still discovering it, which is great. But like you said, like you can you can do anything. You know, oh, you want a special the juice bar next door? It's like I I never thought much about juice. Don't Don't milk ice cream. Yeah, come on. Yeah. The, and then um, the other one for like, the Boba tea place. I
1: remember yeah, that one. yeah. Uh, there, there is place. everything there. Yeah. There is everything. So I I that was why I felt downtown was such a great opportunity. Um, and the fact that, you know, it's I think we support each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're always recommending go, go here, go here, go this, you know, or we keep menus of the restaurants in our in the tasting room so people can sit and do that. Um, it's just it's just its own little community. And I yeah. do think that people are going to find it more and more and more, you know, to just think, park and, and
0: walk there and there's something to do throughout the day like I, I was thinking like on the on the east and west side where, you know and and that is that traditional go to the vineyard and see the vines and this and that but you know when you with <clears throat> i'm i'm not a cynical person but like part of me i'm a real I'm, I'm a huge realist where i'm just like yeah you're seeing vines but that's not where that wine is coming from you know like but i can't say that i'm not going to say it but but everything shuts down at a certain time there's no restaurants along those right. roads and here it's like, you can start your day and finish your day because, you know, even the tasting rooms close at different times. Um, but you know, all the restaurants, all the, this, we have more micro brews now than I think we ever have. They have music at night. They have food trucks. They have all kinds of, I just, I didn't get out much, but I did get to go out last week. And it was, it was so much fun and relaxing and you, you can still be outdoors. You can still have these beautiful views and you you can enjoy music, you can have food. It's it you're not in a rush. You're like, oh my God, it's five o'clock and we have a six o'clock reservation right. we on the road and go. Um, so it's more relaxing and, and discovering, I think. But yeah.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, did I forget to ask you anything about Pianetta winery that you want people to know? Or is there like maybe three facts that you want them to remember about Pianetta Winery. Um
0: oh this is such so you know I being being creative on the spot is difficult. Oh okay um, no it's okay I'll try well I'll let's try. let's start
1: with where where in downtown are you?
0: So um we are on 13th Street and so we are not a standalone building. We are in um, 13th Street is one block north of the park. So um, there is, and God bless Norma for preserving a lot of these old buildings. I keep um, a stack. If you're into history, come by because I love, 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 love history. Um, The building that we're in was built in 1886. It's a big old um, general market essentially. And so there's two other, there's two, three restaurants. One's like breakfast, lunch, the other two are dinner places. Um, and, and then there's that specialty um, food and wine pairing. Oh, I can't think of the name. Um, Ian's Place down at the corner and barbershop. But, but yeah, so the building is big. We're right in the center of it, 18913th Street. So.
1: And you focus only on red wines?
0: Focus on red wines. I would say the majority other than uh, we make four blends. We make three blends plus the jug wine, but um, uh, it started out as just the two, and I've I've taken over the winemaking side of things, and I think, uh, but we still make my dad do one of the blends, which is uh, kind of a homage to his aviation career, uh, and that one's called Altitude. And for the first time in probably 10 years, I was so excited because, um, or first time in five years, since he was able to taste again. Wants to do another another blend and um, also homage to aviation because that's his passion and um, that I think it's in it's this will be the first year it's twenty five cases production it'll be a cab cab franc um, cab soft blend which I'm gonna make you try for your opinion because we're still playing on the percentages it's gonna be dominant cab franc um, with a little cabernet sucking down to it.
1: Oh, all right. I my palette is yours to pick. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was gonna say the other thing is um the the hundred percent varietals, um, we do, like I said, all reds. Uh we tend to be very fruit driven. Um I used to say big red wines. Um I, I think we have some big, big big red wines. Um, but now that a lot of the trends um on some of those GSMs and whatnot what has just gotten you know, over the top. And um, I like to say we are flavor forward and site specific on our wines because it's, um, if it's a, if it's a Zinfandel, that's 100% Zen. We don't put a little bit of cattle, a little of this, a little of that. It's all site specific. It's all from that vineyard. And I always say, like, sometimes I don't really know exactly what I'm doing. Um, I don't think, consider myself a winemaker because I'm just helping it along. Eighty-five percent of the job is the vineyard, and then right. um, we just try to find the things that um, work with that wine. We were talking about the Zinfandel. I was just having a meeting yesterday, and and I said, you know, when I first got into the winemaking or or getting more creative with it, let it when when my dad allowed me to become a little more creative with it, I was I was like, you know what? Let's do some Hungarian on this and do that, and um. and. And um, i'd try a barrel and i'm like no no that doesn't that's not the flavor we want that's and maybe it's the flavor someone else down the road wants but um i really just try to match up the varieties to to just showcase their fruit a little more to make them pop a little more so we're we're just here to help them along that's it that's the only that's true. That's true every yeah the, I, that's why i like focusing on the 100% varietals it's um as a grower, I think, and that's probably why we do it is because you're so proud of what you grow and you're trying to uh, showcase your vineyard and your growing region and your area. And um, when I find a vineyard that I like, like I said, we don't switch sources too often, but I really like to do the same thing with someone else's vineyard. It's, It's really... That's what my passion is about it.
1: And then, how can they find you social
0: media wise? Social media. So, (laughs) reminding me that I am not in the young group anymore. You can, (laughs) I think I told you it took me about three hours to learn how to make a reel. But, But, um, so um, we are on Instagram at Pianetta Winery. Um, we are on Facebook, which is just Pianetta Winery, and then on the website, pianettawinery.com. And during COVID, we were doing um, weekly virtual tastings. And um, COVID, you know, I always look at it as, you know, the, it was a challenging time, but I love those challenges. And that allowed us to do some of these, those, um, we were doing it, I think, via Facebook Live and then we posted some of them on YouTube. But that's something I want to polish up a little more because I had so much fun doing those Facebook Live with our customers and being able to interact with everyone that is not present. So so hopefully we'll get that going again, but that would be obviously found on our Facebook page.
1: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story with me, and the love of wine, and you know the spectacular things about downtown. And um, I, you know, thank you so much. And thank you. And
0: now you have a challenge for me: is to go find all the downtown maps and whatnot. Yes, yeah. 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 I think that would be so cool. Actually, I gotta take a picture of this because um, the other thing I found. Uh, was I was uh working up at our shop and I have the like you're gonna laugh I'll send I'll post and I'm gonna tag you in it and I'll just say that this inspired me the first winery sign that we had which is um obviously it was post my Cal Poly parking permit days but um I was working with a different medium you know I was working with wood and paint and I'm not. Uh, I get I would call this one more of a Picasso than a oh, okay. uh, than a Da Vinci, if you will. So All I'm right. gonna, gonna do this. And um when you when you were talking about the downtown maps, I was thinking about this sign okay. and it's literally two sticks with
1: awesome. you gotta, but, gotta post it and tag me. That's awesome. Yeah, I will do that <laughs>
0: because you it just you just reminded me. And and sometimes you have to do that because you gotta exactly. look back and see how far you came. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much, and okay, we'll probably see you later in the day. It is another beautiful day in Paso.
0: A little chilly, but it'll be. It is. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's supposed to be warmer. I mean, I love the I love the fog and I love the the clouds. But after all the rain and everything we got this year, I and especially after moving from Fresno, it, you're just like, where's the sun? I was, <laughs> would like a little sun today
1: right absolutely absolutely well you have a great day have a good Thank weekend you. and i will Thank see you soon sounds good i will see you later bye. bye this has been another episode of exploring the wine glass thanks for listening if you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss please reach out on social media you can find me on twitter instagram and facebook as exploring the wine glass I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoyt Butts. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter at exploringthewineglass.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends because if you like the podcast, they will too. Podcast music is Wine by Keevins. Until next week, slancha.
0: Right now I'm on my 10 There is always time for a good to No 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 Oh no 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 never let you go No oh, oh. no 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 never let you go. I want a nice glass right now